poop on your face. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. All he's going to be thinking is, I could have been fucking a grapefruit all these years. I want to suck your dick. Bad taste. Guaranteed to blow your mouth, man. You're always so much hotter than I think you're going to be. You'd know that if you'd ever listened to my podcast. I think it's jealousy. This is America, you dumb son of a bitch, okay? Come to my fucking door. I'm gonna come. It's true. Happy Valentine's Day, bowlers. That's right. Laying it on a Tuesday this year. It is. February 14th, 2023. And lucky you, you're in the bowl. Listening to Bowl After Bowl, episode 224. You dirty horse. I am Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And welcome back. Welcome back for another one. Welcome in if you are here for the first time. Yeah, you're a bowler now. That's right. That's right. Never turning back. Never turning back. Oh, man. I've been, uh, I don't know, like half-ass putting uh, links out in different places that I haven't before. Ooh. Just to try something new. Namely the Noster. How's that going? I don't know. I really don't know. If you find us through Noster, give us a holler. Um, we have a voicemail line that makes it really easy. That's right. You can holler directly with your vocal mails. At 816-607-3663. I'll say it again later. That's right. We'll go over it. You'll get the feel of it. Just kind of hang out. Uh, at first, it seems confusing and dumb. That's because it is. But that's also because we're all baked here. So, you know, just relax. It'll make sense over time. Or at least stop being uncomfortable. Even if it never really truly ultimately makes sense down the road. We don't really know. It's a podcast, people. That's right. What do you expect? What do you expect? Oh, man. They expect bowling. We've been, uh, we do. We get so many people saying, oh, I thought this was a bowling podcast. And it's like, you just, you gotta wait till the end. We end on the lanes. End on the lanes. I, I assure you it is a bowling podcast. I promise. Cross my heart. Yeah. Bowl after bowl. The whole goddamn sh- concept is a bowling alley. But that's for, I don't know. Some people know that story. Oh, this week I feel is just like preparation. You know, the theme has been like, we're not good at preparing, right, mm. in the winter. And by we, I guess I mean me, really, mostly. It's my fault. But uh, we're doing like some last minute preparations because our little trip to Iowa is like this weekend and not next not weekend. Not next weekend, yeah. Surprise, yeah. surprise. So at least we did not miss it. That's right. At least I have lodging booked now. That's right. There were still vacancies. uh, Yeah. Still vacancies in the next town over. So Close enough. That should be cool. Uh, Planning on going and having a whole weekend around Walter Day. If you guys have uh, 
listen to the show for a while, you know, we are big fans of King of Kong. There's this documentary that came out in like, uh, I want to say 2007. Early aughts. Somewhere, Sounds about right. Somewhere in there. Mid aughts. Mid to late. Mid aughts. Oh, okay. Seven is not early. Well, I consider 2000 and 2010 the early aughts. <laughs> well, 2000 to 2010 is the aughts. The aughts. Okay. The whole thing. Mid to late aughts. Aughts are zeros. You know. But yeah, King of Kong. King of Kong. Fistful of quarters. It's a documentary that tracks the Donkey Kong world record and the epic battle that ensues between uh, the two main characters, uh, Steve Weeby and Billy Mitchell, who kind of trade off back and forth uh, for the record. And then recently I discovered that uh, one of my good lawyer buddies in the Casey Bitcoiners group is one of Billy Mitchell's best friends, has been since the 80s. And was actually the unsung hero in that documentary, rewatching it for the uh, seventh and eighth times. Because uh, I watched it, I rewatched it twice after finding out Steve was like, you know, who Steve was in relation to all this. And it kind of occurred to me that Steve is like the unsung hero of the entire thing. He's like the peacemaker and the broker and like the, the most reasonable person in the entire documentary. Yes. Uh, which really puts a smile on my face. But anyway, he uh, gave us the tip that Walter Day, the uh, father of modern esports, is releasing an album in Fairfield, Iowa this weekend. Friday night, we're going to go and watch his album release party at a cafe up there. Cafe Paradiso in Fairfield. So that will be interesting to scope. And then... The next day, I'm not sure the details really, but uh, he's being presented some sort of award for recognition of being the father of esports. So it should be a cool weekend. Meet a lot of these uh, interesting characters. Will we have a Bulls with Buds about it? I doubt it. But I'm going to try and bring the gear just in case something could happen. Because I'd hate to be up there and like, there's people down to do one and, and then like, I don't have gear, you know? Yeah, definitely. Always be prepared. But I also like, it's already going to be like a lot going on, you know? So yeah, we're bringing the whole wolf back, of course. So that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> so we'll see. I I doubt it. Um, but, but, but it could happen. Could easily get a wolf on the prowl report. That's true. That's true. I might uh, bring the mobile recorder too, just to kind of have some clips maybe. Yeah. Maybe have some clips. Who knows? Who knows what kind of adventures we'll get into? That's the beauty of adventure. You know kind of like where you're going to go and when you got to be there by, but then what's going to unfold? Well, that's all the fun of uh, going in the first place. You don't really know. I do know for sure, though, that we have a Bulls with Buds coming up that we're very excited about. <clears throat> and I wanted to announce it tonight, officially on the show. And that is on... February 26th, that's a Sunday, following the Mighty No Agenda show live, uh, we will be doing a Bulls with Buds with Dave Jones of Podcast Index. Yes. So it is uh, meant to be kind of a one-year anniversary retrospective on the live item tag. Uh, we're kind of going to visit where live item has gone, what's worked well, maybe what needs to happen next, and... Uh, Bowlers have also demanded that we ask some weed-related questions. 
Yes, which and, we failed uh, to do the first time around. We don't hang all onto uh, podcasting 2.0 and live item stuff exclusively. So uh, we're going to work that in and maybe also talk a little bit about some of the libertarian philosophy that he's uh, dropped here and there, little pieces of throughout uh, the past few years on podcasting 2.0. I'd like, I would like to dig deeper on that as well. So yeah, we're going to be chatting with Dave. I'm very excited. Um, for those of you who were around last year, around this time, uh, we had Dave on for a similar show. It was a Sunday live after no agenda where we, uh, had the technical debut of the live item tag. It was the first time that, uh, the live item was launched and used out in the wild. Yeah. We pushed it to production, if you will. That was so. a wacky experience. It <laughs> felt like great. right up to the wire. It we, was. We it were was. making sure it we was going to get going. <laughs> in the background, jiggling handles. This was before I had my own stream infrastructure, too. Uh, so no debit was helping me out in the background with the stream and getting everything correct and getting the DNS to resolve right. And We made it happen. Um, we had to have a, a valid cert for the... Uh, you know, for it to work in the apps, it had to be HTTPS. Oh, it was like, uh, it was so wild too. Cause it was just like, you ready to do this? Yeah, we're going to do this. Okay. We're going to do this. And then we did it. Yep. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bam. Flying by the seat of our pants. I don't know how I'm going to top the show art though. That show art was dank as all hell. That's my, one of my favorite show arts I've made. That was dank. With Dave's truck. Yeah. Yeah. That will be a challenge, won't it? It sure will. But I'm mm. up for it. You going to use the truck again? <laughs> I don't know. Suppose it could be done. I'll think about it. Think Analyze about it. it. There you go. Gotta think about it. Uh, Well, nobody was thinking about anything on Sunday. This is a big bad Super Bowl. You may have heard of it. Yeah, they were thinking, football, football, beer. Woo. Beer, football. Maybe um, bowls. Super Bowls. You know, most of the Super Bowls I've had in my life have been... Uh, <coughs> Stony baloney bowls. Stony baloney bowls. But uh, it's always fun when your team wins, you know, in the city. <laughs> yeah. You live in the city and your team wins. It's like uh, uh, there's an undeniable atmosphere of positivity that goes around, usually, at least in this city. Now, this is not always necessarily the case. Uh, there's many, like, uh, towns that break out into full riots when they win. Or lose. Or lose, or lose. Maybe people are just ready and have it, just need an excuse to while out, you know? But, uh, I don't know. This is not really like a sports show so much. But I, I will say, there's just been a lot of, uh, refs cope over the Super Bowl. Mm. Like, oh, the refs, the refs did the win. The refs gave the win. And on one hand, like, uh, the NFL... As a sport and as a uh, franchise and everything, like, if you don't think there's thumbs on the scales all season and all games, there's just so much money involved and at stake, uh, and and not just in the betting apps, which have been pushed down everybody's throat over the last few years, yeah. by the way, at every turn. At every uh, place you can get advertising, whether it's online advertising, radio advertising, television advertising, online uh, banner ads, everything, side of a bus, everywhere you see an ad, billboards, there's ads for sports gambling, um, 
which used to be shut down and raided and stuff, you know, it's a, it's a wild world, but also just, uh, merch sales, market share, all of this kind of shit. Like there's so many dollars and cents that go on that like, uh, to not have some sort of a steering mechanism, let's say, uh, from New York and from the top down, I think you'd probably be, have to be a little crazy not to believe that there's some of that going on. But as far as like, uh, what everybody's throwing fits about on one holding call, like, uh, there's so many other motherfucking factors in the game. And the dude who got the holding call called on him even admitted, yeah, like I was hoping they wouldn't catch it, you know? Mm. Big oof. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's massive cope. Massive cope to say, like, one flag changed that particular game. And, in the end, who gives a shit? Kansas City won with the champions. And, uh, can't change that till next year, right? That's right, yeah, yeah. Kansas City's a great city. Yeah. You were telling me about some kind of uh, pre-game, <laughs> pre-game interviews with the fans on both sides or something. I still haven't seen this video. Oh, uh, yeah. There's compilation videos of the fans. What are you going to do if your team wins? Everyone in Kansas City. I'm going to eat barbecue. Maybe have a few, few beers with the boys. You know, and then the Philly people are like, we're going to climb the telephone poles. We're going to throw the furniture out in the front yard, set it on fire. <laughs> oh, so much rage. Calling out each other. Calling each other douchebags and stuff. But Kansas City, <laughs> it's just, we're such a wholesome city. A wholesome place. Even uh, <clears throat> even in the weird spots of town, you know? Yeah, like our hood. Yeah. Although. A little weird. I did have to call the 911ers on some motherfuckers. Celebratory gunfire is always <clears throat> an issue here. They were just firing off an automatic rifle into the air. Like, huge. Yeah, in our neighbor's yard, right across the street. And, like, yelling about it, too. Like, oldest automatic! And shit. And so I'm like, nah. And it got real fucking quiet once the, uh... Once the the fuzz was zooming around. Yeah. They were just doing squares. Like, they didn't haul anybody in, but everybody went somewhere else. It's just, ah, that that always pisses me off. I've talked about it a lot on the show. The whole celebratory gunfire. And this is a situation where, you know, it's not considered self-defense. If you smoke a guy who is shooting up like a retard into the air, like five feet off of your property line, mm. he has to he has to move that extra five feet and point the gun at you first. Then it becomes self defense. So what can you do? You know, it's like like those bullets can still fall down and hit me. You know, it's not like I I'm totally safe in those scenarios. Uh, mainly I'm pissed because you know I got little kids here. Yeah, and their room is. In the front of the house. So it's like, take that shit somewhere else, man. Fire safely down a range. Yeah. And I don't give a fuck if you set... You can set up a, a ghetto range in your yard in the hood. Like, you can't legally... I'm not talking about fucking... Le- you can't do this legally either, supposedly, but it's never enforced. So, you know, just fucking do it smart. Jesus Christ. There's so many... Like, we're... What people might not realize about Kansas City is... This whole city is in the woods. Especially this chunk of it in the southeast, we're like deep in the woods. There's trees fucking everywhere. You could just set up a, a range easily. You could fire into any safe, like, uh, wooded hill. Yep. And it would be totally fine. But no, they, they shoot straight up in the air. And where it lands, who knows? Could be in your car. 
Yeah, that happened to someone sitting on the on 71. Yeah. Not far from here. And they posted a picture of it. The bullet just came right down through their window on the driver's side. Side window. Freaky. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's enough. It's just like a numbers game, you know? When there's enough rounds raining down, they've all got to land somewhere. Yeah. So then you're just playing fucking Russian roulette. Uh, just a little, like, lower-key version of it. Yeah, it's dumb. But, you know, with freedom comes responsibility, and these folks have none. Yeah, it's... And how do you teach it and spread it? I don't know. I'm not sure. There is a organization that goes around knocking on doors before events like this and stuff to tell people, hey, please don't shoot your guns, and they have pictures of these kids who have been killed by bullets that come down during celebratory gunfire. But it doesn't dissuade people. People get drunk and then lose their wits. Yeah, it's just, like, part of it's just a cultural thing. Uh, where it's, like, it's just what you do when something crazy good happens. You, like, step outside and shoot bullets off. Yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. I mean, has anybody That's gone true. and ever seen the price of ammo lately? That's fucking getting wrecked. Yeah. Ammo was a most desirable Valentine's Day gift. Yeah. I don't know, man. It was crazy. And, uh, I mean, that last night, the 7.62 rounds, you don't see those all the place. Like, those are expensive as shit. You might be pulling like a dollar per, per trigger squeeze at that point. Dang. Or close to it. So, I don't know, man. People got more money than brains. That's, that is the case. I can attest to that. We are going to brave the parade tomorrow. And by me, I mean... Myself and the girls. By we, you mean yourself and the girls. By yeah. we. Did I say me both times? You did. By we, I mean me. At least you don't have to brave driving down there because the shuttle goes from the zoo across the street from us pretty much, right to the parade. And then you can hook up with your dad who works downtown and get a ride home. Yeah, that's probably the plan. Yeah, that's sweet. The schools have given the kids the day off. And, you know, we went to the parade the last time the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and it was very tame. Right. Yeah, it was... Um, people usually, you know... We saw one guy tripping balls in a tree, but he wasn't bothering anyone but himself when he fell out. Yeah. You know, and it was funny. Everyone laughed and got him <coughs> help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a nice, courteous town for the most part. Yeah, it's um, very family-oriented. That much is true for sure. Which, what other city do you get that? I don't know. We also it's have more of like a small town vibe, but in a city. Yeah. There's so much outreach out here, too, that when people visit us, they're always surprised that there's not homeless encampments everywhere and people sleeping on the sidewalks. It's like, no. City Mission comes out and collects their asses, rounds them up, brings them to the shelters. Yeah. Yep. It's I love a, it's, that. It's a decent decent place to live, all in all, I would say. Yeah. And uh, it's nice to see us... Uh, Get some respect on a national stage. Or disrespect. Who cares, you know? Yeah, those jabronis. They hate us because they ain't us. That's the bottom line. <laughs> uh, another announcement, by the way, of of upcoming things that we're doing. Next Wednesday, I finally got uh, nailed down. Dreams 3, abs in a six-pack. Oh, nice. With Sir Seat Sitter, we will be, um, be sitting down and talking all about the dreams we've had since last we talked. That's and, a lot of dreams. Uh, and some other stuff, maybe. Who knows? Who knows what we get into? You never know. You never really know till you find out. With Sir Seat City. That's right. 
That's right. Uh, other than that, you want to thank some bowlers? Yeah, shoot, sure. Bowlers are the best lovers. The bowlers. Bowlers are never going to give you up. The bowlers are never going to let you down. And uh, we always like to thank people up front in the show. You know, the lots of value for value podcasts around. And uh, all, of, all of our friends are doing it. It's the craze, you know, value for value. It's the lifestyle. And uh, different folks do it different ways. But what we like to do is read everybody's value contributions up in the front of the show. Because we put a lot of importance on it. Like, it's important to us to, you know acknowledge and, and send gratitude back to everybody who's helped us out and keep keeps this thing going. If you are uh, sending in tr- the treasure part of the time, talent, and treasure, that means that you're keeping the servers running, you're keeping the stream alive, you're keeping the website live. Um, all of the technical monthlies that uh, we do have to pay for, like uh, keep the lights on for the show. And uh, so we are very grateful for that. And there's two main ways these days that you can do it, although there are many different ways. Uh, I've had people reach out and message me, and they're like, do you take anything else? Like, uh, how can I get a bank transfer going or all this different? Like, I'm too stupid to figure out, like, most of this, right? I try to make available what uh, my tiny brain can wrap around. And so the main two veins are I got a PayPal and I got a Node, and you can jam value in either of them. And for the PayPal side of things, that's e- as easy as going to bowlafterbowl.com and clicking on the donate button at the bottom of every page. And uh, you can do a one-timer or set up a monthly, which, uh, like I mentioned before, helps those monthly bills in. Uh, the monthly bills, the, the money has to go out. Then there's monthly sustaining donations that come in to cover those, including... Uh, our buddy Dan Gehring. Everybody oh, give him a hand Woo. with his $10 monthly. Thank you, sir. Thank Appreciate you. That. that came in. And uh, Dan, of course, is half of the Millennial Media Offensive, which you may have heard just earlier, just mere hours earlier on the Mighty No Agenda stream. Uh, there are Tuesday buddies. That's right. Every Tuesday, rocking and rolling with those guys. That's right. It goes from them to DHN plug to our goofy asses. Tuesdays are lit. They are. They are. They're a great grand time. A very uh, variable party on the No Agenda stream. All day. All day long. All the way well into the night. We take it well into the night. Uh, So thank you so much. That was the action for PayPal because uh, it seems that uh, more and more of the bowlers are gravitating towards the new newness, which is podcasting 2.0. And streaming sats and boosting sats uh, instantly and permissionlessly through your favorite nude podcast apps. And how do you get in on that action? Well, all you got to do is take off all your clothes and you go to nudepodcastapps.com and you pick yourself out a nude podcast app. Get one that says value on the support. uh, And those are the ones you can stream little pieces of sats, little bitcoins. Don't have any Bitcoins? Don't know how to get started? Uh, Fountain just added that uh, buy Bitcoin off of your debit card feature. And so if you are the most hopeless of the hopeless, there is a way to punch in your debit card and just get it done. Um, But hang around the bull and listen to some uh, cocaine shit stain segments and 
get acclimated because there are far better ways to do this. And really the, the point of moving to uh, this, this Satoshi standard is that you can get away from all that. You can get away from all the banking and all the bullcrap. It might take a little bit of, I don't know, time and effort, a little bit of thinking, a little bit of breaking down old conceptions and habits and establishing new ones. But uh, I think a lot of you are familiar with just getting your shit from a guy. And you can get Bitcoin from a guy too. You can just get it from a guy. Bitcoin meetups are really great. There's probably one in your area. Just look one up. Show up, say, hey, who can I buy Bitcoin from here? There are people who will fall over themselves to sell you Bitcoin and get you started. And that is the best way. That's the best way because you don't have to flash ID at anybody. Uh, You're doing it face to face and you've made a new friend who will help you along your journey. That's what I highly recommend. I like to read uh, the Boostergrams starting with the end of the last show. And that's always Harv Hat. Here he is. Yeah, Harv Hat. 1420 out of Boost CLI. Boost CLI uh, coming at you. That's how you run command line on your node, on your own app. Oh, and in the chat, thank you, uh, Dan, for pointing out. Sir Bimrose is now lit on Tuesdays. He's a new Tuesday buddy. Nice. He's a new Tuesday buddy. Angry Tech News, joining the best day of the week. That's right. He's lit on Tuesdays with the live item tag. How do you like that? Well, this one is uh, for you, Sir Bimrose. This is a new live son of a bitch. Welcome to the Tuesday crew. The Tuesday wrecking crew. Uh, yeah, and thank you, Harvat. He always hits us on the intro and the outro of every show. It's like clockwork. And boost CLI. A very sovereign, very legal way to boost. That's right. You can add it to your own lightning node, which we recommend you run a lightning node. It's like your own personal bank and payment processor for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. What kind of a value proposition is that? Uh, I give you a few hundred bucks. You give me my own bank and payment processing center. I don't have to ask anybody else if I can process payments or accept payments or set up a merchant store or set up an online store, set up anything I want. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And now that the mempool is going to be wrecked for the foreseeable future, uh, it's great to be noted up on a on a lightning node with active channels. Let me tell you. Mm. Let me tell you. Try to send Bitcoin right now. Uh. You'll be paying a lot more than usual. Uh, what's next? Next is Boobery. Uh, he was boosting the end of Abelcraft, but since the end of Abelcraft is ended, I like to uh, at least thank people who come in with boosts for Abelcraft. And Boobery did indeed send 7777 sats, <coughs> along with a Podverse clip explaining the origin of the bad radio ISO. You know, the uh, Abel Kirby. It was just bad radio, <laughs> is what he said. Uh, and of course, he was talking about the uh, Flat Earth episode that we did, which, uh, because of the work uh, he has put in over his career, uh, seemed to affect him personally just for, for a short time period there. And so... <laughs> Uh, Boobery sends the clip and says, the origin of bad radio ISO, it was not appropriated. We worked hard to earn that. Uh, and then he hashtags clip slit, which is poking me. I need to uh, someday do something about that. I'm sure something will be done in terms of clip slit. Uh, let's, uh, let's play the clip. I'll humor it. I'm into it. 
first. So how how long do you, before you start finding unfalsifiable things and then uh, and then and then making claims about them so that no one can prove you wrong? Like that's the winning strategy, isn't it? According to these guys, anyway. Let's find something that no one could prove me wrong about, and then we'll we'll pretend that that's uh, that it means anything. Well, I'm sorry, I'm still butthurt about I'm still butthurt about behind the schemes. Yeah, I can tell. Why do you have Let that it go, guy man. on the show? Let it's, it go. It's just garbage. <laughs> it was bad radio. There it was. There it was. Thanks for keeping that nice and tight, boobs. I love you. It was love bad you. radio. Your impression was really good. <laughs> it was. Uh, oh, I don't know. I love when you do Abel Kirby impressions. Well. I'm sure. I'm sure he loves it too. Clipped straight from Rare Encounter, of course. I don't sound like that dog. That's what he would say. Yeah, and right. he would be right. He sounds like something else. Context is important, Boober. He says, "Um, you're right. Of course, I'll I'll I'll, I'll tidy it up." Huh. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What's next? Oh, yes, of course. The dude came in. Oh, the dude. And the dude. Let me tell you this: the dude is coming in. From Podcast Index, boosting Making Beans. Nice. Uh, one of the songs off of our Stay A While track. In fact, we got several boosts across the uh, album from The Dude. And uh, The Dude Abides is the first note. Then Rock Out With Your Cock Out. And then uh, the source for all these boosts actually changed from Podcast Index, which I think were tests, to music side project Ooh. which is uh now live it is steven bell's uh music app music for testing it's uh, early alpha right now i have not got into the code and looked around in it but i've i've told him i'm eager to see what i can contribute in terms of like ui uh look and feel kind of stuff uh i've been vexed at the middle tier type shit all the logic stuff i'm too retarded to write a proper authentication to uh, authenticate myself to the api in my own app i can do it in postman i can do it in a couple other places but then when it actually comes to putting it in my react app i'm just i'm just too fucking dumb so far so i'm still banging my head against that brick wall but um, if he has that part all taken care of, maybe I can just dick with UI, which is kind of where, you know, my... That's your bread and butter. <laughs> that's where my experience <laughs> mostly lies anyways, tweaking UIs and shit. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, a lot of boosts coming in. I also got some from Tone Wrecker. Nice. Uh, who said, firing over a test from this musicsideproject.com site. Stephen B. of CurioCaster just launched. Woohoo! So Tone Wrecker, he is... Uh, Really active also in the Wave Wavelight group chat. And uh Yeah, I'm I'm excited for this is the year. This is the year that uh the music stuff is really gonna start to really take off. I'm excited about it. Thirty three thirty three coming in. That's from Dame Trail Chicken. Bok, bok. Hey, thank you, Dame. Yeah, thank you. She says T Y F Y C, that's coming out of Fountain. And then she sends another one. Uh KC Boost. With the double lightning emojis on each side. Again, Dame Ch uh, Trail Chicken, 3333. Did you put the KC Boost Karma on your board? Um, No. No, I have not added a single ISO since wow. we last talked. Okay. Yeah. Kansas City. And, uh... Kansas City, here I come. There's the karma for you. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Coming in Kansas City. 
Oh, uh, <laughs> she has another one, 3333. Ooh. And she says, to the chipmunks on the side of the road. Very nice. Good boost. Thank you, trail chicken. Somebody's got to boost the chipmunks. 100 sats for uh, making beans, no note, no, just totally oh. anonymous, just coming in, so we totally appreciate anonymous. it. anonymous, that's cool. All spins the same. And then uh, 269.69, we had to double up here. 69, 69, dude. And that's from Hey Citizen. Thank you, Hey Citizen. He's coming out of pod versus usual. His note says, had a crazy dream last night where we all got to jam together at Fletcher's house. I woke up this morning with warmth, warmth in my heart. Much gratitude, love, much gratitude and love, I should say, for your magnificent work, you beautiful motherfuckers. Ah. Well, much gratitude and love to you. Yeah. Um... I might uh, take some dream experience calls on the voicemail to uh, submit for for uh, a dreams episode for dreams abs in a six pack with Chris. Yeah, a week from tomorrow night. That's a great idea. Um, bowlers, you can email me clips if you'd rather send an MP3, or you can write something, send it to Spencer at bowlafterbowl dot com, or you can call the voicemail line, and I'll kind of make notes of all of those. If you'd like to share dream experience for Dreams 3. Because that uh, crazy dream is a crazy coincidence as we're going in to do Dreams 3. That's right. Uh, so yeah, if you've had a crazy dream. We want to hear about it at 816-607-3663. 4269 coming in from Harv Hat next out of Boost CLI. That's because we went live tonight, so he's always the first in, last out. Yeah. He's like the bread on our big bowl sandwich here. Then... 19,760 sats coming in from Dirty Jersey Whore out of Fountain. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. And he says, getting my boost in early because I'm old and I'll probably be asleep before too long. Holding out for the cocaine shit stain segment coming up very soon. Uh, in the bowl, y'all. Well, in the bowl to you, Dirty Jersey Whore. Thank in the you bowl. so much. Did I say that was out of Fountain? Because it was. 9999 nine, 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 next. Nine. 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 Uh, that's for Make Heroism, Out of Fountain Again, no note, uh, but thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, also at a test, that's 666, uh, a test from Lavish, could be Lavash, uh, coming out of Fountain, so thank you, sir. Thank you, test coming through. And uh, finally, wrapping it up, 13,369 sats from Boobery, out of Boost CLI, boosting from his own node, because he's not a chode. I'm just kidding. He's still a chud. Uh, <laughs> wow. 13, 3, I'm playing games. Uh, 13369 from Booberry. It was Tits Out Radio, he says, from uh, Boo CLI, which I already goddamn said. Lavish says, uh, I just sent 77777, but it didn't register. <laughs> and then it registers now, right after he said it in the chat. Yeah, sometimes these things hang up and take a second. Uh, but the bowling ball is about to hit the pins. That's how this works. We have our node set up to like read the boosts in real time as the stream comes in. And we also have an IRC bot set up to relay those messages into the IRC. If you're not in the chat, if you're not in the bowl in the IRC, uh, there is a link for noobs over at bowlafterbowl.com. Just click on listen live. And then there's a live stream Kiwi link. So if you've never used IRC before, just hit that link, pick a nick, and you can get in there. Now, if you if you were been around the block and you know what you're doing with IRC, uh, then we're over on that zero node, 
irc.zeronode.net. We're in the channel bull after bull. So pound bull after bull and uh, get up in it. It's the place to be. That's right. Anyway, what Lavish's booze said, and I'm trying to stall for helipad. Oh, there you there are. There it is. Right on time. Thank you, baby. Uh, what Lavish said was, for 77777, he said, Happy Valentine's Day to podcast sex icons, the babes, the bowlers. Aw, thanks, Lavish. Thank you, Lavish. Big ball and bowler. You're such a sweetheart. You're such a sweetheart. Yes, and you can get in on the action, too. Just get yourself a nude podcast app. But we told you that already, man. And, you know, as much as we do appreciate the uh, treasure section, um, there's also so many ways to give value if you uh, receive it, if you receive it as such. What are some of those ways? Well, the simplest, of course, is to just pass the bowl to someone you think might appreciate it. But you can also contribute art, for the episodes, you can contribute jingles, ISOs, news stories. Send them to show at bowlafterbowl.com. And every week, we have a voicemail question, a first time I ever. And this week, we want to hear about the first time you ever jumped a car. All you have to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816 that's right we'll play it we don't screen them and if you have no reception poor reception or your voice shy you can send a text message also 816-607-3663 all of it valid Hey, look at that. I'm just getting a uh, smash from Stephen B. Hey. Uh, sorry about that. And hey, he says, Stephen B. He says, hey, Spencer, just Stephen testing out boosting. Enjoy the sats. Well, thank you. Via Music Side Project, and that's musicsideproject.com. If you want to click around and check it out and uh, see all the music that's up for uh, offerage right now. And I think that very soon, very soon the uh, Wave Lake ecosystem and the existing kind of podcasting 2.0 those of us that have been kind of doing it on our own uh hopefully that all of that content will merge because there's about 100 artists now on wave lake uh but as of yet there's still kind of a walled garden situation we have to upload direct to wave lake in order mm. to uh, have that work which is not going to be the case for for long i've been assured cool um yeah, so now we always like to roll into a related topic and keep on the uh, Sats talk in a little segment that uh, we lovingly named. It does. It wants to make. Uh, it makes you want to build a node, just naturally, because I don't know. Maybe you're not uh, the most tech-oriented person. Maybe you're not uh, into it. The is, is the great way to learn. It's one of the great ways to learn is to run a node. Because you will be forced to learn. Just just out of pure necessity. What could you run? Maybe it's a raspy blitz. Maybe it's a uh, umbral node. Quite user-friendly. But uh, raspberry pies are kind of hard to come by these days. And 
So lots of folks have been just hand building stuff on bare metal. Maybe on some old laptops that you got laying around. Nux are very popular now, and that's what I'm uh, in the middle of working on is building a fresh guy. And uh, Raspy Bolt is going to be my weapon of choice. Uh, I'm kind of working through building all of that piece by piece. The nice thing about Raspy Bolt is that uh, you do. You just add, you build out your Bitcoin base layer, and then you add uh, just everything you need to your node one thing at a time in a sovereign way. Which is cool, because again, it's it's one of those things where you have to learn about all the pieces. It's cool for an umbral to just kind of click and wait, and everything just is done for you. Um, it is cool. It's nice. <laughs> but the next step, the next level, is definitely what what are all these packages doing? What is all the what is what is this application and this application? What does it mean? Why am I running it? Do I even need it? Like the tendency for me for when I first got my Raspberry Blitz was just to like load everything and just shoot everything onto that little node, you know. And it turns out you really don't need all of that crap. You just need the pieces that make it work. So I'm working out uh, raspybolt.org, and they like all of these other nodes have the Raspberry Pi walkthrough, and uh, you just build it on a little Pi. But it also can be built on any uh, system running Debian. So that's fantastic. I'm working through it. I will keep everybody informed. Is that what's going on in the Think Center? That is indeed. It's going on the Think Center, my little mini computer. Cool. That I picked up uh, real cheap on an uh, open box situation. Bowl open. after bowl. Makes you want to build a node and then build another one. Yeah, yeah. You can never have too many nodes, right? I might uh, hopscotch out of this node and then make that node a octoprint for the 3D printer is what I'm thinking Ooh. about. So I'm thinking about because uh, God knows I don't want to go out and buy another Raspberry Pi. They're hard to find inexpensive from what I hear. I haven't even been looking for them. Uh, last week I bitched about the state of the mempool and it has not improved. Uh, currently the mempool is totally full. Oh. Memory usage is showing 403 out of 300 megabytes and all sats under 1.87 sats for value uh, per virtual byte excuse me, are currently being purged. This is much worse than last bowl. Yes, it's getting backed up. It's getting backed up like your aunt after a big cheese feast. Cheese feast. Um, 95 blocks currently waiting to be confirmed. And that's with five, uh, excuse me, four blocks confirmed in the last 12 minutes. So things are kind of cranking out faster than usual. In fact, the difficulty adjustment is estimated to be up 6.7% as of right now. And so, yeah, that mempool is not clearing out anytime soon. And we talked about the main driver for that being these uh, ordinal transcriptions, this NFT on blockchain. And I'm still continuing to have arguments and debates about it in the local KC Bitcoiners chat. Oh. And... uh yeah, to to me, I I think points I think some nice points are raised on both sides, uh, or as I kind of mentioned before, all three sides because nobody in the group is like going out there and using ordinals, like nobody is saying that's a great idea or anything like that. None of them are in there, but uh, there's kind of a camp in here who says I wish these fuckers would stop. We should get people to stop, like me. And then there's other people who say. 
uh, it can't be stopped and shouldn't be stopped and ha ha ha, uh, which is annoying, of course. I'm just yeah. annoyed. And as we do with Bitcoin, we talk about it. I made a couple of like poor but feeble analogies, right? And I kind of think of this phenomenon of ordinals on blockchain and people jamming irresponsibly large uh, transaction sizes uh, just for jamming JPEGs and other trivial data onto the blockchain. Non-transaction data, let's say. Uh, I think of it sort of similar to the, the whole dilemma of putting your cart back in the cart corral when you leave the grocery store. Okay? Plenty of people who don't do that, they just kind of put the front two wheels up on the curb and they leave it in the parking lot next to them as they leave the parking lot. Or they leave it somewhere where it can roll down a hill and hit somebody's car or whatever. They put it anywhere but the cart corral. Which is not illegal behavior, right? It's not invalid, but it's just a pain in the ass and makes it harder for everybody else who uses the parking lot. It's like uh, if everybody acted that way, the parking lot would become almost impossible to use. If every single shopper left their cart in the space next to them and then left, then the parking lot would become difficult to navigate. Right? It'd be hard. It'd be very hard to find a spot. There'd be cars scratched all to hell. All this kind of thing. The the thing about it is, I, I've I've heard people vehemently vehemently defend leaving their cart. Uh, somewhere stupid and not taking it back to the cart corral. They'd say things like, uh, oh, well, I'm paying for these groceries, and so, you know, the free market, uh, the store can hire somebody to pick up all these carts, and that's part of uh, the price I pay for my groceries. I don't have to put it in the cart corral. Which, if you take that argument to its logical conclusion, you would have to also then conclude that you could just throw your gum wrapper on the floor while you're walking around the grocery store. Because who gives a fuck? They've got a janitor that sweeps it up, you know? You pay to walk around the grocery store. You, you're buying things. You're spending money there every week. You're some big hot shit, right? You can go over to a clothing rack and just unfold all the fucking t-shirts that you're looking for and throw them all over on the ground or on the other rack and put the smalls in the medium box and all this shit, right? Who cares, right? They got workers that put it back together. Uh... It increases the cost for everybody because you're right that somebody pay is paid to do that. But if somebody has to focus more time on doing that and, it, you know, that adds up for everybody in the aggregate. Uh, similarly to, you know, the asshole behavior inside. If everybody throws trash on the ground and unfolds the clothes, then that's all workers are doing all day is picking up trash and folding the clothes. There's other jobs that have to be done as well. Sacking your groceries, legitimate uh, st stocking, restocking of the shelves, things of this nature. So it's just behavior that does not scale. If everybody acts like an asshole, then suddenly the whole system breaks down. You can't use it. And is it legal to do? Yeah. Not illegal to be an asshole. There's no new rule that we should implement to ban assholes or fine or punish assholes. I don't think that's the way forward. The way forward is to socially shame and point out, hey, you're a fucking idiot. This is idiot behavior. This is a beautiful system, and you're uh, fucking it up. It's like uh, 
one of my favorite dev memes where it's like, uh, uh, when I see a user using my product and it's like this guy with a teapot and he's blowing into the top of the teapot and like tea is shooting out the spout into a teacup on the table. Oh. It's kind of like that. It's like, look, that isn't how this is supposed to be used. It can be used that way. Yeah. But to celebrate like, oh, oh, Bitcoin doesn't care. Oh, it's okay because it's valid and uh, it doesn't matter. It can't be stopped. It's censorship. Like, you're arguing for the continuation of retarded behavior. And therefore, you are also retarded. Congratulations. Uh, for me, I'm always going to say, wait, whoa, whoa. If you're jamming a JPEG into a layer one transaction, that's just asshole behavior and it should stop. If you don't know that, you should be told that. And if you don't believe that after you're told that, that's fine. You can still be an idiot and ignorant, but you should be told that again and again. You know, that's my free speech on the other side of the things that balances it out. So I really think the way forward is the social pressure and education, and there's just better ways of doing it, right? Uh, there was a kind of a NFT on the blockchain movement for a while, and it died off because... Ethereum was like a better solution all of a sudden. And so people went over there. Now the Ethereum environment is all kind of fucked up. They're back over at Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, this whole thing has been tried in a number of different ways. Early days, they wanted to do DNS lookups on blockchain. And uh, Satoshi was like, yo, there's other better places to do that. This should just be for transactions, for like cash transactions. And so then... Eventually, Namecoin was born on its own chain, doing its own thing. And that would be nice if people did that, too. Um, I get that there's no, like, legal or code way right now to go in and stop them. But uh, I don't think that should be celebrated. You know? Like, I think it's a fucking bummer to pull up Mempool and see it 95 blocks deep, and you can't get a fucking transaction through uh, like you could for the last year or two most days right yeah it's a shame so there was a hyphy environment for a, a year ish and uh the behavior all kind of optimized now the direct solution really of course is layer two in the lightning network if you're noted up and you have active channels there's pretty much nothing about your day that can be ruined by ordinals and uh i acknowledge that too you know uh Really, the answer is pivoting and building out Lightning services to be even better and more robust, more user-friendly, easier to onboard. But channel management is still going to be made more difficult and more frustrating in high-fee environments. Uh, now, the speculation always was that high-fee environments were going to come someday anyway, so who cares? Like This was always going to happen. This is always going to be the case. But I think... Uh, high V environments also kind of cause a wave of, of optimizing and reconfiguring things to uh, not have to lose your ass on transactions. So I think some clever solutions will um, be invented. And I don't think this is forever. I don't think we're looking at clogged mempools forever. Uh, but I think it is going to be a pain in the ass for the foreseeable future, for sure. <laughs> 1,111 sats from Stephen B. Out of Curiocaster, his own baby. Uh, and he says, I appreciate that someone still has the balls 
to still call things retarded. Well, thank you. Thank you. I call them because I know them, because I am them. What can I say? That's right. <laughs> I do retarded shit, so, like, I also engage in retarded behavior, so I can uh, easily recognize it when I see it out in the wild. And I say, I know what that is, and I'm going to call it what it is. Anyway, I have a couple other uh, unrelated news items. It looks like Cold Card has announced their upcoming uh, Cold Card Q1 product. So that is a hardware wallet, or uh, if you will, a hardware signing device. So what does a hardware wallet do? A hardware wallet stores a private key for you so that you can sign a Bitcoin transaction. And uh, ideally, it does it in a way that's air-gapped uh, which means your device has never been plugged into the internet. It's like a totally safe, unhackable kind of uh, situation. That's where you want to be. So what's cool about the cold card Q1 in comparison to older cold cards is that it has a full QWERTY keyboard going on. There's like a shitload of buttons on it now, which makes punching in uh, certain passwords a little bit better. Certainly the long BIP39 passphrases. Uh, it also has its own power source, three AA batteries from the look of this um, picture I'm looking at of it. Three AA batteries going in there, so you're not uh, beholden to the USB power supply. Now, for the older uh, for the older cold cards, it's always, of course, recommended that you just pop it into a wall socket and give it USB power right out of the wall socket rather than plugging it into the computer. And that's just because you don't want any kind of data transfer going between your card and the computer. But uh, it looks pretty cool. Looks pretty neat. 199 bucks is the pre-order ticket on that. And I don't know. Unless I win one in the in some kind of contest, I doubt I will play with one. Because I don't have $199 just laying around. We talked about a month-ish ago about Fetty Mint's hackathon. And uh, they just announced the winners. 2.58 Bitcoin in prizes given away. And uh, a couple of projects. 210 million sats went to Stability Pools. They came up with a module to uh, add Stability Pool functionality to uh, Fediment. The Stability Pool allows users to lock in the US dollar value of their eCash for a fee. And it's targeted toward users who are not willing to tolerate Bitcoin's price volatility, but still wish to utilize Fediment and the wider Bitcoin financial system. And so stability pools, it's basically a protocol where you say, uh, I want to send in, I want to send $21 and I want it to be $21 and I'm not willing to budge. Uh, and you have X amount of Bitcoin that you want to associate with that. And so for an extra fee, you basically lock in at that value. Some extra jiggling behind the uh, behind the scenes, but hey, man, if you're paying a fee, just eat the volatility. Can't obsess about this number going up down thing. Um, it's like I heard I heard some uh, boomers complaining earlier about people reading uh, podcast donations for a few cents, and uh, nobody is reading podcast donations for a few cents. All of these are in sats, my friends. These are all in satoshis, which has nothing to do with cents. You would have to sell the Satoshis to turn them into cents for that to actually be uh, what you're talking about. Some runner-ups, 21 million Satoshi prize went to proof, uh, Proofament, which is a module to automatically create a proof-of-reserves transaction 
as funds are pegged in and out. And it also proves that the Federation is fully reserved. A module called Fediment Small File System, a high-availability key-value storage system meant for small files, and it's backed up by Fediment. And you can do things like uh, config details or passwords and multi-sig setups and back them up to Fediment directly. Uh, storage Mint, also a Fediment storage module that adds the capability of storing files for users to back up images, videos, and documents. That was a winner of another 21 million SAT uh, purse. So we'll have the full list of winners in the show notes. But uh, that is pretty much your full cocaine shit stain right now on this beautiful Valentine's Day uh, at the current price of 45.21 sats per dollar, by the way. Woo! So you're still getting over 4,000 sats for your dollar. Not bad, I'd say. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. You know, Kansas City is largely to blame for the modern Valentine's Day as we know it. Because of Hallmark cards. That's true. That's true. We are the uh, source of your ire today. Yes. Started in 1913. And then Russell Stover hopped in a decade later with the heart-shaped box. Yeah. Yeah, we got both of those mugs up here. Hallmark cards, Russell Stover chocolates. The <laughs> Valentine's Day Mafia. Giddy giddy, Kansas City. Blame KC, man. Yep. Yep. What can we say? I love... A lot of people uh, complain... About Valentine's Day, I've noticed. It's kind of one of those things. Like, even more so than Columbus Day, <coughs> which is kind of trendy to, to bitch about. Valentine's Day, you know? Uh, I always liked it. Yeah, me too. Because I didn't do it, like, the traditional way or the, you know. Um, Valentine's Day, to me, it just means, like, light some candles and fuck. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, even if it's even if it's a uh, solo, a little solo show, like get the lights down and uh, get your nut. That's what Valentine's Day is all about. And everybody's like, "Oh, it's all commercial, corporate, every chocolate cards and stuff." Like, yeah, it is that if you make it that, if that's like how you celebrate. But that's not how I celebrate. That's not how we get down. That's not how we get down. Nope. Definitely not how we do it around the bowl. Anyway, uh, you want to uh, pass me this annoying kid? Yes, I will pass you the baby. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't know if you've been told any origin stories about Valentine's Day. Uh, I heard there's a guy that got killed. Yeah. St. Valentine, and that's like the extent to what I know. That's how you become a saint, I think. And then Cupid comes in. I'm not nope. sure how he comes in. Oh, I don't know nothing about Cupid. But... If my memory is correct, I think that it was like third century Rome and the emperor at the time didn't want young men getting married because he wanted them on the battlefield. So he outlawed marriage. And then this priest, his name was Valentine, defied the law and continued marrying the young men. And then he was beheaded for doing that on February 14th. Of course, the Catholic Church came along, commended him, and gave him his sainthood after his death. boy. Well, yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, that's what I thought. And you know what? Young men rebel and continue to get married. You know why? Why? Because we want to fuck. That's right. Well, and then also there's the pagan festival that used to occur on February 15th, Lupercalia. Mm-hmm. And that celebrates fertility. So it goes hand in hand with Valentine's Day. 
that was a cool time. Cool ritual going on. Uh, they were trying to purify the cities of evil spirits to maximize fertility and bring prosperity. So these priests of the god Lupercus would sacrifice goats and a dog and then dab a little of the animal blood on their foreheads and run around a hill naked. And any women that came near them got struck with the hides of these dead animals, which oh. was supposed to ensure that they had remained fertile. It sounds like a uh, bull after bull behind the schemes reunion tour. Yeah, definitely. It may have happened once. But yeah, of course, all good things must come to an end, and uh, some Pope put an end to that. And now we got cards and chocolates and huge stuffed animals. What is up with that? I'm not really sure. Is that how you get laid? Does anybody really make that move? I'm sure that happens uh, all the time. They are ridiculously big now. And they make a bunch of them. These like the stuffed animals are bigger than me. I know they're like almost sixty bucks. Yeah, which like I get like you probably shell out more for a steak dinner and glasses of wine. Worth but, it. But uh, I like where are you gonna put that fucking thing? Mm, you gotta me. you gotta get rid of it in the coming months, right? It's just yeah. I don't know. It's so cringe because like. All of these enormous stuffies just wind up in landfills everywhere. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Think what are we about, doing? Think about the stuffies. What are we doing, people? Uh, Spending money. More money than brains. Again. Again. It happens. Yep. Many such cases. You know what else happens? What? Sometimes people are working on construction and they find <laughs> dead bodies. Like in Texas, where 33 graves were discovered during the Houston Metro construction near African-American cemeteries. One cemetery. I misread my notes. But, yeah, it was uh, a few graves, and they found three people. Two. Three bodies. Ooh. So they're going to be moved. They were supposed to be moved in the 1960s, and someone didn't do their job. Whoops. Yep, so construction of the metro is halted until these three anonymous bodies are relocated with a proper burial. So what's that all about? What is that all about? I don't know. At least 33 Myanmar regime forces reported killed in three days of resistance attacks. That coup's still going on. Since the military seized power in 2021... So the People's Defense Forces and some ethnic armed organizations stepped up their attacks, occupying a police station in a mountaintop town and taking over some military weapons factories. They were able to seize more than 40 weapons, including anti-drone guns and ammo. But, of course, the military retaliated with five fighter jets bombing the area. Oh, babies. Fucking with the mic. Thank you, baby. He's just ready to be a podcaster. Little Sam. Sam I am. One of the biggest, brightest magic numbers of the week was where the death toll surpassed 33,000 in Turkey and Syria after an earthquake. Now, I saw a lot of bitching about a lack of response and aid, and I would say putting 33,000 in your headline is a good way to get that attention and help. That is definitely a flag. A flag being waved. 
And just before the bowl tonight, Bully Steed, better known as Bully Steed. Oh, yeah. Tip me off to a story where 33 is not in the headline, but it's buried in the story, which was crazy. Uh, you remember Charlottesville? You remember the pictures of dudes holding tiki torches and such? Yeah. One of the guys that's in multiple photos, uh, the big bold photos that made it everywhere. Um, well, I didn't know this, but he lived in Lebanon, Missouri, and he was caught trying to enter the United States from Mexico at the Arizona border with 33 pounds of fentanyl pills. Oh, boy. So he was arrested. That was in March of 2021. Uh, He said he was paid $215 to smuggle the pills into the country. My friend, that is not enough money. So he had a trial set for January 30th, and he was a no-show So the judge waited an hour and then issued a warrant. But unbeknownst to that judge, he had gone out behind his shed and shot himself. Whoops. So he suicided and he left two notes, one for law enforcement and one for his children. He had five kids under the age of nine. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, you know, being caught up in that train wreck of a story... I don't know. The whole thing is so spooky. Like, it is a bit weird. Isn't uh, it? For you're in all the photos of the tiki torch incident. Where'd you get the tiki torch? I don't know. The whole thing was weird. And then you're getting paid to bring fentanyl pills into the country, and a like low grade pay too, two hundred bucks. Not worth it. Yeah, that's stooge work there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his name. He was born Teddy Landrum but changed his name to Teddy Joseph Von Nukem, like Duke Nukem. And, you know, two first names, Teddy Joseph. Mm. Nukem if you got him. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, let's go behind the curtain. It's Valentine's Day. I'm ready. What time is it? It's Valentine's. Definitely. I got a joke. I got a joke. I brought oh it to the to the behind the curtain for you about a story we talked about last week. Okay. My audio needs to be pumped through. A federal judge in Oklahoma recently ruled that a law prohibiting marijuana users from owning guns is unconstitutional. It makes sense, because by the time they find their gun, they forgot what they were mad about. Hey. Hey. I don't know why I didn't think of that myself. Definitely funny. worth it. <laughs> yeah. That was Seth Meyers, one of the many late show dudes, I guess. I don't know. I don't watch TV. <laughs> So he's got to be one of them, I guess. He's, uh, he's one of them. Yep. Yep. The setup was the same as all the other late night shows I've seen pictures of. Wonder if the writing staff of eight or of 12 came up with that one. <laughs> you never know. You never know. But I doubt he does his own writing. Oh, big story today. The DEA says that Delta 8 and Delta 9 THCO are Schedule 1. This was written in a letter to an attorney who had asked about THCO a year ago. They finally got back to him. You know, because they're so busy, the DEA. They're just busy busting shops, cutting lines, whatever they do. And uh, the wordage here was that THCO does not occur naturally in the cannabis plant and can only be obtained synthetically and therefore does not fall under the definition of hemp which was legalized in 2018 under the Farm Bill. So, yep, it's uh, formulated in a lab, THCO, 
which is THC acetate ester, a synthetic cannabinoid. Thanks to the federal government not simply removing prohibition, this is what we got to deal with. A very gray area in the market with your D8s and your D10s and your THC and your THCO and your CBDs, CBNs, whatever. You think that consumers can keep up with all of it? No. No. So, yep. THCO. It's on the naughty list now. Oh, boy. And uh, they're going to be doing... <laughs> they're checking their list. Going to be checking it twice, trying to raid shops that are going to keep THCO products going. So, it's crazy. And I was thinking about Delta 8 because Delta 8 is generally synthetically produced from CBD because um, it it occurs in such small amounts in the plant, you know, and that's why they've got these formulations for it, taking it out of CBD. Uh, but the DEA did reiterate that D8's not going to be Schedule 1, D8-THC, um, because you can get those trace amounts from the plant. So, yeah. Let's end prohibition already. It's so ridiculous. I just want the plant, right. okay? Like, like, if you gotta run it through 80 different tests just to figure out how illegal it is. It's ridiculous. What are we doing? Seed to plant to bowl. That simple. The American Society of Addiction Medicine came out with a statement this week saying that they back broad drug decriminalization and expungement. All in the name of racial justice, of course. Oh, all right. But hey, you know, whatever it takes. Any name. Any name. Woo! That's right. You know, don't get caught calling it the black market, though. Traditional market. Black market is racist. Um, That's racist. <laughs> former Secretary of State and Central Intelligence Director Mike Pompeo sat down for an interview with John Stossel this week. And I uh, grabbed a clip from it. It's a... Pretty cliche, spooky answer he gives, but let's listen to it anyway. You mentioned the cartel leaders and money and terror. Why not legalize drugs? Then the cartel leaders wouldn't exist. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. Uh, this, this, is, this is the road to ruin in the United States. Why? Uh, you, you see the decimation that we have from our drug culture today. But that's because it's illegal. No, it's, it, no, it's because there's too much product readily available and the family institutions at their core are beginning to fray in ways that are fundamentally uh, dangerous for the United States. Um, I write about this. I was doing foreign policy work for four years. I was the CIA director and the secretary of state. But in never given inch, I talk about the fact that the greatest risk to America is our central institutions, our schools, uh, our families, our faith institutions. Those are the institutions that have always been the glue for the United States of America. We have to get those right. And when we do, we should not seek it by legalizing. <laughs> we shouldn't legalize drugs because we think somehow that will improve our lie, to use a golf term. That would make the problems for ordinary families all across America even more difficult. Mm, yes. Think of the families. Think of the families. Ah, that just kills me. Yeah, it's the same tired-ass talking points. Like, uh, like all the problems are related to... The drugs existing and being here, right? No. Too and then, late. And then making them illegal is what makes the drugs no longer exist and be here. Uh, the most proven failed method of eliminating drugs of all time. And these fuckers are so uncreative that they just go, 
No, 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 that's not the reason. No, the reason is uh, the Tomlet product. If we just round up the product and throw it away and burn it and put people in jail, then, then, then families will get back together. It's crazy. Yeah, we've watched a complete destruction of the nuclear family. And oh, yeah, it was all because of our drug culture. Ridiculous. Maybe if you're talking about Big Pharma, I could suppose roll along with that. But no, not really. Oh, I'm a spook. I've written about it. Yep. Oh, well. Spook answer, like I said, you know. Yes. And they totally expected. Uh, the standard prohibitionist line. Yeah. Tired and old. A federal court has ordered HBI International to change its raw organic hemp rolling paper packaging and promotions, along with quite a few other things. Uh, HBI is the company behind Raw, Elements, Juicy J's, Pepe and skunk products. So they were engaged in unfair competition and violated the Illinois Uniform Deceptive Trade Practices Act through its packaging and promos. Um, one of the biggest problems is that they suggested they were contributing funds or sales proceeds to a charitable entity by the name of Raw Foundation. But the court found that no such foundation existed. Whoopsies. HBI has marketed their rolling papers by saying they're made by artisanal craftsmen in Alcoy, Spain, and they've referred to Alcoy as the birthplace of rolling papers, saying that Roz receives the Spanish Alcoy paper blessing, and sometimes they even put a stamp on their products. It's like the Alcoy blessing or whatever. Uh, The Alcoy blessing stamp. But the court found that HBI makes no rolling papers in Alcoy, Spain whatsoever. And so they've been ordered to stop using the name Alcoy and adding their bullshit stamp to their products. Uh, They also cannot call their organic hemp rolling papers unrefined, because they're not. They can't suggest that those (coughs) organic hemp rolling papers are made with natural hemp gum or that the adhesive is made from hemp in any way. Because it's not. <laughs> what a bunch is, of liars, man. This is a ridiculous amount of orders. This next one really got me. Uh, HBI cannot say that they or Joshua Kesselman invented rolling paper pre-rolled cones. Ouch. Yeah. They cannot say that rolls are made using wind power. Okay. They ain't. And uh, they can't say that they use the center of the hemp stock for their rolling papers. Apparently they don't. Wow, so all their claims are full of shit, I guess, huh? Yeah. Uh, On top of that, Republic Brands, who makes uh, OCB, Jobs, Easy Wider, Drums, Premier, Gambler, and Top products, they've obtained a permanent injunction against HBI, and HBI can no longer say that Republic Brands' OCB organic hemp papers are knockoffs, raw-nabies, copies, or fake versions of raw. So, HBI, BTFO. Then this other, uh, a fortune story popped up this week. Cannabis chain once worth $1.7 billion and called the Apple Store of Weed is now nearly failing as the once hot pot industry faces a major reckoning. I thought all dispensaries were the Apple Stores of Weed. 
that's how they all look. All the ones I've been to, at least. Yeah, even the supposed mom and ma- pop ones, because because of the licensing procedure, there's no such thing as mom and pop pop sh- pot shops. Exactly. This headline is talking about MedMen, who we've mentioned before has been in some trouble. Uh, they claim to only have fifteen point six million dollars in cash, versus a one hundred thirty-seven point four million dollar debt. What are they to do? They were selling their stores in Florida last year, I think successfully. Uh, Now they're trying to sell their New York stores and renegotiate some leases. But MedMen, based in L.A., operates 23 stores in California, New York, and Illinois. This is how legal weed works. It's just a good old boys club. You you got the money and you just buy out. In the States, it's no such thing really as mom-and-pop stores as we've seen. Although Missouri is playing with this micro-business license, which is kind of a condescending name. We'll see how it goes. Your tiny little business. Yeah. A California court is allowing a former weed company to continue its Chapter 11 bankruptcy case because it has no plans of continuing with the weed market. You know, generally, uh, weed companies can't file for bankruptcy because it's federally illegal. And they're viewed as criminals on the federal stage. Um, but yeah, they said, hey, we're donezo, not going back to pot. And this judge wrote a crazy opinion and was like, all right, let's go with it. You're not in the weed business anymore, so you can continue with your bankruptcy case. Then in California, the Department of Health has launched their Mind Over Marijuana ads. For Marijuana Month, which we talked about last week. Marijuana, a very loaded racist term. And to put Marijuana Month over Black History Month? What are you thinking? They've they've lost the plot, for real. <laughs> but yeah, Mind Over Marijuana. Mom, for short. Which gives you kind of a hint at this. Uh, do you want to hear one of these ads? They're 30 seconds. No, oh, I can't wait. Life can be a lot sometimes. Weed might seem like a harmless way to deal with stress, but using your teens can have the reverse effect. For real, for real. That's because the THC and weed can attach to the receptors in your brain that control fear and anxiety, making it harder to manage stress and anxiety on your own. So while you think your problems are going away, they're actually still waiting for you. Learn how to manage stress without weed at mindovermarijuana.com. Oh, yeah, learn to... Manage that shit without the weed. But, boy, that kid sounded like he was on Zannies or something. <laughs> the slur, you know? He's on that lean. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, mainstream media is way worse for your health, as Sir Bemrose points out in the chat. Oh, they had another one about memories. They just show this girl's memory. Oh, in that one, I'll explain what was going on visually. This kid's got a sticky note on his computer that says, Write paper. And then he's just wandering around his room, not doing anything. Because and I got hot. Because I got hot. Because I got hot. Yeah, that's right. Blame it on the weed. And all of a sudden, all these sticky notes start popping up. Uh, surrounded by sticky notes. What a nightmare. Triggered. Yeah. Who, I'm fucking triggered. I don't use sticky notes like that. That's right. We use little yellow legal pads. Thank you very much. And we do keep them all over the goddamn place, but uh, we still get it done. We still get the thing done. That's right. Just maybe at the last minute, you know, we're waiting for that special moment. 
Yeah, pessimism. You know. Where we absolutely have to. Procrastination, I meant, not pessimism. <laughs> uh, memory. Memory was the other uh, ad target, and it shows this girl sitting on her phone. These are targeted at the young kids, of course. And slowly but surely, all of her memories are disappearing from her timelines, and then she can't even figure out how to use her phone. Very unlikely. But hey, blame it on the weed. Sounds more like a huffing air duster. Yeah, it sounds like a stroke or something. In Connecticut, the Attorney General has announced a crackdown on Delta 8 THC. That's right. Even though it's legal. Under the 2018 Farm Bill, 50 state legal if it's under 0.3% on a dry weight scale. So he needs new laws in place? No, he's just going to nitpick these products. He sued five retailers... Four were vape shops and one was a gas station. Um, And he sued them for violating the Connecticut Unfair Trade Practices Act, saying that their Delta 8 products were mimicking popular snacks and candies, which is a no-no. He posted some photos of them, too. It's like Airheads Extreme. And what else was there? Like Cheetos with a Z or something ridiculous. (laughs) Um, He's also sending warning letters to all the other licensed retailers of electronic vaping products, talking about how you can't sell Delta 8 without a weed license, weed business license. So that's fine. Is that according to state law or federal law or this asshole's letter? This asshole's letter, of course. Okay. Because like I said, under federal law, you can sell Delta 8 THC as long as it's under 0.3% THC. Right. So... I'm guessing they're all in the clear on that. I don't know. We'll have to just uh, wait and see what makes it to court, I guess. Lovely. Yeah, right? That's the way she goes. In Georgia, a judge has denied a request to unseal documents from the Medical Cannabis Commission. And I think this is really interesting because I see the Cannabis Commission as just a public board. Yeah. Like, their meetings are just like a city council meeting. They should have minutes and everything that's available to the public. Um, But because it was dealing with medical patients, this was all sealed up. Patient, doctor, privacy, and such. Yeah, everything to do with the commission uh, became sealed. And uh, that includes when they were picking out licenses. You know, determining who the six licenses in Georgia would go to. And, you know, 70 companies applied for those six licenses. So 63 of them were bought hurt when they didn't get one. And lawsuits ensued. And, you know, they said, hey, the scoring was unfair and inconsistent. We need files from these people. We want to, you know, read their minutes and see how they made their decisions. But, nope, you can't, the judge said, because that's all sealed away for patient privacy. You can't. Pretty ridiculous. But in Georgia, a bill has been filed to grant eight more licenses, and I guess they're hoping that's going to quiet the bitching. I doubt it. I really doubt it. We shall see. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Metric, M-E-T-R-C. They announced this week that they have secured a track-and-trace government contract with the Show Me State. That's right. They are in Missouri now. Missouri! 
Yep, the Borg, regulating the adult use market, gets another contract. I think they're at 23 states that they're, they have contracts with, and uh, eventually it'll be all of them. I think if there's a federal legalization pulled, metric is first in line. They will just run the nation with their track and trace bullshit. And they call it seamless on their website. I remember 420 last year. Everything was down. Yeah, it, it went down seamlessly, though. <laughs> yes, it went down seamlessly. You know what else has been seamless is the uh, expungement efforts in New York. Just kidding. Felons haven't been able to apply for their expungements because of a typo in the law. Yeah, a Roman numeral was omitted. Oh, great. Roman numeral I. And so now they can't just file a straightforward form to get their conviction reduction or expungement. No, 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 no. They have to have a legal motion drafted and submitted in the county court where they were convicted. And because of this, some are being rejected and others are sailing through. Just depends on the county politics. So if they want to correct this, they have to introduce a bill to correct it, which is just ridiculous. Everyone in these articles was pointing out, we all see it's a typo. You know, you can infer what they mean. But here we are. Semi good news for New York, though, is that the first dispensary outside of New York City finally opened, and then a second one. So, yay, four dispensaries going in New York. Wow. Good rollout. Bad news in New York, though, is that there's a park ranger who just uh, got the loudspeaker of the media on his side. He lost his job because he texted his wife not to smoke too much pot with her mom who they are caretakers for. So the park rangers were like, hey, you're going to either need to resign or we're going to fire you. And he's like, over a text message? Yep. He passed all his drug tests, but they don't care. Forced him out. So he went and he applied for some jobs as an NYPD cop and a state trooper. But that text message kept coming up in the vetting process. They would call the park rangers and they said, oh, he was fired for drug use, which is a lie. Such bullshit. Yeah. And one of those job interviews, the text message literally came up. The guy was like, so, yeah, you don't use drugs, but you're texting your wife not to smoke too much pot with her mom. Ridiculous. You ever heard of a joke? Yeah, or, I mean... To me, this is like caretaker discrimination. You know, they're the caretakers for the mother-in-law, and they can't text about the situation? I don't get it personally. Like, it's just none of your goddamn business. Like, how is the park service going to... How are the park rangers going to stay staffed with (laughs) attitudes like this? Yeah, seriously. And especially a guy who really did pass every random drug test. He's like, I've never smoked pot. It's not my thing. But here we are, text message. Texting kills, man. Texting is dangerous. You yeah, gotta, you're much better off if you just don't. Yeah, everything you Was text, he doing it on some kind of company phone or what? How did they get his text messages? It was part of uh, some vetting process. I, he said, like, he handed over his phone and was like, yeah, I don't have anything to hide. Yeah, that's where everybody's wrong. If you really truly think that you don't have anything to hide... You just might be stupid. <laughs> yep, that's for sure. So now uh, he's got a lawsuit going. He wants his job back as a park ranger. 
I wouldn't want to work with those fucks. I wouldn't either. I would sue to get my job back and then put my fucking resignation in. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good move. It's my style. It is your style. Definitely. Oh, I don't talk about bills that die in committees often, but this one stuck out to me. It was a bill to set THC limits for drivers in Virginia, a topic we love. You know, impaired driving. Don't smoke and drive. Um... This bill wanted to allow cops to use roadside saliva tests if they suspected someone was under the influence. Oh, God. The Senate Judiciary Committee defeated the bill. That's the good news. Good, good. Um, They had some ridiculous numbers in here, like you're guilty of a DUI if you've got .003 milligrams of Delta-9 THC in a liter of blood, which, first of all, are you going to draw a liter of blood from random folks to figure this out? Seems like a lot of blood. I'm sure that's a multiplication problem. Yeah, well, that. And then you got errors, human errors, and, and where is this number coming from? And how long is the THC showing in your blood? I don't know. They don't know. They're politicians. It's all just arbitrarily chosen. Yeah. So there were senators on the panel explaining the differences between how THC and alcohol are stored in the body and the unreliability of tests that exist, um, which is good. They must listen to Bull After Bull because we go over this week after week. Well, it seems like we got to explain it every time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was a part of this bill that would have re-allowed cops to search a vehicle without a warrant based solely on the smell of weed. I thought that was crazy. We're going to go back to that right. after you have gotten We've rid of that. tried to get rid of that everywhere. Yeah. And, of course, saliva tests can't be used in court, but they would give officers some ground to move forward with a blood test. That was the whole hope of this bill. Ridiculous. And then there was a launch for a test that came out this week. Just going hand in hand with that bill. And in full transparency, um, they had two little ads they released. One for businesses uh, with, you know, safety in mind. And the other for law enforcement. And so I took the best bits and clipped them together. Have a listen to this. We believe that every driver on the road and every worker in a safety critical position should be sober. That's just common sense. And that's why we built Gaze, a scientifically proven tool for detecting impairment from cannabis and other substances. Gaze? It's a non-invasive automated rapid test that measures eye movement using the same tests that have been used by drug recognition expert police officers for decades. The product is fully automated, portable, and easy to use on a job site or in a roadside setting. Oh, what could go wrong? It's also extremely accurate. Significantly more accurate, in fact, than even the best trained police officers. Gaze automatically performs all the tests you need, including the horizontal gaze nystagmus test with lack of smooth pursuit, distinct and sustained nystagmus at maximum deviation, and HGN before 45 degrees. It also performs vertical gaze nystagmus, lack of convergence, and pupillary rebound dilation tests. Okay. Pupil size is precisely measured so you'll never have to estimate again. Your video is available for review or download in minutes from the gaze web portal. 
Drive fairness and transparency into your DUI arrest and prosecution process with Gaze Video Evidence. Holy fuck, man. That's yeah. a lot to unpack. Uh, he started sounding like the uh, retro-encabulation guy there for a bit. <laughs> yes, it prevents side fumbling. That's right. Yeah, so what this is is like a VR headset. If it's more accurate than uh, most trained officers, that's a pretty low bar to set. Let's start <laughs> off there. I like that. I like that. I think you could get more accurate with flipping a coin. You got this VR headset you're putting on drivers or your employees, and the damn thing runs for six minutes, these tests. I don't know exactly how they work. He said the names of these nasovagal whatever the fuck. <laughs> I caught, okay, pupil dilation, cool. Pupilization eyes. Uh, We're going to uh, measure the size of the pupils. Okay. What the fuck? And then the video shows eyes moving left and right. Like, it takes a very close-up video of the eyeballs because it's a VR headset that's videoing the eyeballs. It's all really creepy, kind of clockwork orangey. I don't know. It's a, it's a bad vibe. No me gusta. And then you can use that in court. Oh, so this robot will be sending us to jail, huh? Yes, that's right. Or making you lose your job. Fuck off. I know. And I'm thinking, okay, they've got the VR headset version of it, but, you know, they were talking about truckers being impaired last week was the topic. <laughs> when are they going to just stick that little camera in front of the truck, like on the dashboard, and it's just like staring at your eyes or on the visor or something up close? I don't know. Says here on the machine that shit's all fucked up and you're tarted. Yeah. Least of all, it's the gays. Could you believe it? The gays. The gays are coming for your job. The gays are going to send you to jail. That's G-A-I-Z-E. Terrible. G-A-I-Z-E. Wow. Yes. Like a corn eyeball. <laughs> corn eyeball? I'm sorry. I butchered that fucking idiocracy quote. <sighs> I'm just trying to keep it all together here, people. It's all right. Everything's going wrong. You know who couldn't keep it together? Who? The Oregon Liquor and Cannabis Commission director, he had to resign yesterday, sent in his resignation letter, because he and some top managers were securing bottles of rare bourbon to purchase for themselves and friends. Everyone else, all the normal citizens out there, they've got to compete in state-run lotteries to purchase these bottles of bourbon. Oh my God. How crazy is that? Imagine that. The corrupt insiders get the bourbon. Yep. So tomorrow's his last day. He, the resignation's official at 5 p.m. Wednesday. Well, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, Hong Kong made their first CBD-related arrest after the ban went into effect this month. It was a 30-year-old from Denmark who made the mistake of picking up a parcel with two bottles of CBD oil in it. So they uh, started investigating him after that parcel was caught, and they found two more bottles of some CBD skin oil that were open. Oh, God. Danger to society right there. Yeah, four grams of weed at his clubhouse locker. Oh, my goodness. And a grinder in his home. What a menace. Total menace to Hong Kong society. He will now face seven years in jail. And a max fine of $1 million. Oh, my God. 
Like I feel it's like, more than a year per gram of weed he had on him. Yeah. I feel like Dr. Evil putting my pinky up to my lips. One million dollars <laughs> for CBD. That is the dumbest thing I've heard in a long time. And four grams of pot. Yeah. And I just heard a commercial for gays, so think about that. Pretty dumb. Also very dumb, Amsterdam is banning pot use on the streets of the red light district. Wow. Yeah. it They're taking these steps to slowly discourage alcohol from the area. Yeah. And uh, they don't want street dealers there selling pot to tourists and whatever. Hey, it's the red light district. We got a reputation to uphold, you know? Uh, yeah, they were complaining that people under the influence of weed or alcohol stick around longer. I was like, isn't that the point? Isn't that how you keep business flowing? You're supposed to spend the money and stuff, right? Tits and alcohol are just a lovely combination. But their big thing they're trying to point out is that people live in the red light district. You know, it's not all sex workers. And so they want this area, the... De Wallen neighborhood. I don't speak Dutch, but it's it looks like De Wallen neighborhood. De Wallen? Yeah, De Wallen. You gotta uh, sound like uh, you got nine marbles in your mouth or something. <laughs> Dawn? I don't know. I don't really know. Me neither. They want the neighborhood to be appreciated for its unique heritage and the architecture and the culture, not sex and drugs. I think okay. that's a mistake. I think that's a uh, a huge mistake you got the tourism Looks already like you gotta yeah. wipe out like 50 plus years of of cultural history yeah well you know when you hear red light district yeah you think prostitutes yeah so i don't know maybe move the residents somewhere else <laughs> they were talking about moving the sex workers out of the red light district i'm like whoa, whoa. <laughs> pump the brakes here pump the brakes here yeah crazy and my final story for Behind the Curtain tonight comes from Sri Lanka, where the Ayurveda department is taking legal action against a company that decided to advertise some weed chocolates for Valentine's Day. You know, you know why? Because they didn't get permission and licenses oh and all this shit. And also, they didn't ask daddy. Most importantly, chocolate is not an Ayurvedic medicine i know i'm butchering that word ayurvedic i don't know what that means it's um a system of medicine that believes disease is caused by stress and imbalances in a person's mind body and soul it's indian an indian belief system i see or medicine system and yeah they're not mad about the weed they're mad about the chocolate part uh they said uh it's illegal and unethical to advertise using the ayurvedic name without permission from appropriate authorities wow. of course they sound mad yep oh well oh well indeed it sounds like they have some stress and imbalance to take care I of i think Don't they you need think? to eat some fucking cbd chocolates man yeah <laughs> something fucking valentine that's what i'm hearing light some candles and shit yeah light some candles get down with it that will relieve your stress no doubt definitely well uh i did get a text earlier today from the great reverend cyber trucker uh he screen capped a photo of his text messages and there was one from his wife with no comment just a picture of his USB microphone on a side table. 
Don't. Uh, so he left it behind, and it is not on the road with him, and therefore he was not able to get metal for even a moment. Ah, that's all right. Uh, but yeah, these things happen. I said, man, tell you, <laughs> if I if I had a boost for every time I left my mic at home when I was supposed to bring it with me, I would be well boosted. I tell you that. That's for sure. Oh, man. Our own kiddos ask why you forget things so much. Yeah, I just it's always been this way since I was little. That's all right. Wouldn't say the weed helped, but it didn't start with the weed. Oh no, of course not. It's hard. It's hard. You need a checklist, and there just aren't checklists for everything. If I had a checklist, I'd lose that it, too. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Never mind. That'd be yeah. slip behind a desk or something. Yeah. Uh, what I do have a hold of though are all of the lovely voicemails. Uh, I should say both so far of the lovely voicemails. Uh, to the voicemail line, and you can always stick more in there. At 816-607-3663. Uh, just like this gentleman did. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, yeah, just got listening or done listening to uh, last week's, I guess. Well, this week's, but last week's when you're on this uh, episode. And we're going to talk about some of the cars here, I guess. So, I mean, there was this time on the freeway. And, like, dude, it was it was crazy. Like, pretty much just going speed limit. And then this, like, car in front of me like just swerves and then like legit there was this like one of those car carrier things yeah or those like trucks with the ramps and stuff and car carriers so i like i went to the side and like swerved up on that and then drove up on that and and it was just up on there and then like i mean kind of jump on the car you know but that was that was pretty trippy oh, you know Cacao. that's very intense Cacao, my god <laughs> excuse me fuck that <clears throat> Yeah, that's wild, coming out of nowhere, and then all of a sudden you're up on like some kind of Jason Statham movie or something, driving up on a fucking <laughs> car carrier flatbed. I don't know what you call that. It's not a flatbed. I don't know either, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, them things What has the cars on them, man. Yeah, levels of cars, like a parking lot on wheels. Man, uh, you ever jump a car? You ever jump a car? Uh, the first time I jumped a car it would definitely be when I was a kid and I used to make obstacle courses with my toys and I had a bunch of Hot Wheels and I'd jump over it. But <laughs> I did, I have jumped a car. Okay. And <laughs> it was... Uh, I didn't see that one coming. That's what, that literally, uh, you know, my brain is a, a funny thing. And it took me a minute to realize what... <laughs> What jumping a car was referring to, like an idiot, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just I see I saw jumped a car and I'm thinking like jumping over a moving vehicle and I was like, Well fuck, I haven't done that. Shit, maybe I got till next Tuesday to do that. And then I'm like, Oh, jumping a car, like getting it to start. Dur-dur-dur. I actually meant jumping it like uh driving up like kinda like Chris uh Christopher Battles was saying, like getting the car airborne. Oh fuck. Off all four wheels. Well, uh, although jump starting a car is probably valid. Yeah, I've jump started a car. Okay. Can is that shortened to jumping? Cuz I feel like uh I know I'm a tard. You could say it. I mean, I guess it, you know, can you help me jump this car? Or I need a jump. Yeah. yeah. I needed a jump. But uh I originally intended it as like jumping. Okay. The car like uh, you know, getting it up off the ground. Well, sending it airborne. Well, uh, no, I I can't say I I did that. Oof. I've uh, b- 
but I can tell you about when I first jump started my car. Okay, let's hear it. It was when I was in college, and I had a car at some point, and I never used it because I just walked everywhere. I mean, we did so much walking. So this car sat parked across the street from our duplex that we were staying in then for like six months to a year. And then one day you decide to use the car and it's like, oh, wow, the thing won't turn out. I wonder why. Because it's just been sitting here. Yep. Not getting any attention. And uh, we brought your little motorcycle, the Nighthawk, over to it and jumped it. Jump started it. Yes. Uh, While we were behind the curtain, by the way... You see those pins got knocked over. That oh, was, yeah. That was Fletcher. Fletcher. Yeah, Fletcher came through. Uh, out of fountain, he sent 6969. 69! 69, 69, dude! And he said 6-9, uh, excuse me, he said 6 plus 9 plus 6 plus 9 equals 30. That's three groups of 10 sticks. Very nice. Roses are red. Some are made of tin. Gotta warm her up before you stick it in. Happy V-Day, hey. bowlers. It's true. Oh, uh, yeah. Got to warm up. Foreplay necessary. Yes. It's true. He knows. He knows. He knows. Of course. Um. Wow. First time I jumped a car. So there's a couple first times. There's the first time I was ever in a car while it was, you know, car jumping. Mm, that sounds scary. Because the first time I was just a passenger. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of like I was a freshman. This dude was a... I, want, I think he was a senior. He might have been a junior, but it's one of those situations where uh, we were all like after some event with the swim team, and I'm just in this situation where I'm in the back seat, and we're out on these back ass country roads, right? And like, in order to have removed myself from that situation, aside from being a complete and total bitch, uh, I would have just had to get out in the middle of fucking nowhere and walk like. I don't know, five plus miles home or five plus miles to town, you know? Oof. Like, uh, we're just out in the middle of nowhere. So it's like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to buckle in and hope I live. That's kind of like the mindset I was in. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I know this guy's done this before. So, and, uh, we were doing like a buck 20 on these country roads that, uh, have these peaks and valleys, you know, the uh, kind of hilly roads. And so if you go fast enough at the top of these roads, you get all four up in the air and then you're just like, whew, it feels like forever when you're up there. Mm-hmm. The uh, this dude was driving his, his mom's Ford Escape and just beating the hell out of it. I'm, I'm surprised that it like survived as many times as it did. But uh, that's the first time I ever got airborne. I really thought that, uh, like, there's a few nights where I thought, maybe this could be it. This could be the last day of my life. Uh, that was definitely one of them. I am but thankful. Everything, everything worked out. It was not your last day on Earth. Well, me too. Because that would have been pretty lame. Yeah. Pretty, pretty lame way to go. The first time I ever jumped a car that I was driving and in, the, in total control of, uh, we had these railroad tracks, and they were only like a quarter mile from the, from the high school. They were still kind of on some back roads, kind of country-ass shit, because the town I grew up in was kind of uh, right in the middle between, like, rural and suburban setting, right? It wasn't It wasn't in the middle of nowhere. It was on the southern edge of nowhere. It's like the first town that's not technically a suburb of Kansas City. 
There's like some unincorporated land between the suburbs and it. But you still get Burby stuff, and where the high school is is definitely Burby. But you don't have to drive far, and then you're in the country. And there in the country was this kind of raised railroad crossing. And it just was like a slight incline, concrete incline on each side. And there was like a caution slow sign. And you only had to be going about 35 to 40 miles an hour to get all four wheels off the road. And then, of course, the faster you went, the uh, higher you could jump this uh, railroad track. And there was kind of this uh, ideal speed, like right between anything between 40 and 45, it would just you'd lift up and then just set it right back down like so gently. It was like made for it. Uh, if you went too much faster, you would definitely scrape your nose just because of the trajectory. And so we kind of found the sweet spot for all these vehicles. And uh, it was the minivan that I first jumped in. Oh, my. Uh, before I had my own vehicle. And sometimes it would just be like something you did real quick before going home from school. You just like zip around this back road and then just like take it up just to 40, 42 miles an hour and hit this track. Zoom, and then drive home. I'm sure it was hell on the shocks. Oh, my God. Looking back, it's like there's no way that wasn't causing some damage, you know? Yeah. But there's something that's just a lot of fun. Once you first get in a car, at least that was my experience, you just like always are pushing things to the limit, (laughs) you know, trying to see where that limit's at. Oh, I've always been a granny on the road. (laughs) I was like, I am in a giant weapon. I am going to be responsible and take care. And I'm not going to fuck my car up because I love it. See, I was like, if I push my foot all the way down over here, I can go really fast. Oh, gosh. Uh, This next caller sounds a lot like this last caller. Yeah, it's National Pets Theft Awareness Day, so, you know, hold on to your little or big pets. We don't have a pet. Oh. I mean, we have my wife's cat, but it's cremated and in the box in our guest bedroom, so, you know. Uh, can't really pet it. can steal that, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah. So, that'd be that. Oh! first time I ever jumped a car. I mean, actually, just like the other night, I was running, a car came in front of me, I had to jump over it. It was like, if not, I would have been done hit. Oh, damn. Um, I've done that a couple times. Yeah, oh. that, I guess in your standard jumping of cars, which you might mean, but uh, there's the... Sorry, I'm sitting here in a parking lot, and it's windy, and then the lazy people who don't put the shopping cart away, oh, I hate that. they pop it up on like the curb or whatever, and then I'm like, dude, it's just going to blow away. Like, you're lazy to begin with, taking up parking spots with shopping carts. Sons of bitches, right? Anyway, yeah. So, uh, then, I don't know the first time. Uh, often enough, I guess. Um, like, I always have a pair of heavy-duty jumper cables in my vehicle. Um, sometimes the small ones just don't cut it. Um, and then I have a heftier battery in my, in my vehicle because it's a little bit larger, larger like, but, uh, yeah, probably just growing up, just jump cars, mostly at the house or something. Just, uh, doing that kind of thing. Uh, no, I had to help jump somebody's car or jump, jump some friends' cars when they were, uh, when the car died at the movie theater. 
there was that, or the drive-in movie theater, sorry. And, uh, yeah, so. Well, I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. I know you are. Hope we got on time here. Yeah. So, love you guys. Stay dangerous. So, Spencer and Dame DeLorean. And, uh, you guys have any thoughts on those reducements? Huh? Just curious. Alright. Stay dangerous. And, uh, yeah. Go ahead and do it. Do it. Just do it. Okay, cacao! Cacao! But what did he say? Did you hear what he said? I heard what he said. What did he say? He asked if we had any Valentine's Day traditions. Oh, yeah. We sure Kinda, do. Yeah. Kind of. Getting naked, making love is a yeah. uh, definite. <laughs> uh, surf and turf has been. That's right. A tradition for a while. Steaks and lobster tails. Yeah. Forget about it, kid. That's right. Forget about it. Ridiculous. Um, bowls. It's crazy. He was bitching about people who don't put their shopping carts away. This, uh, yeah. This call came in at six fourteen. Like he had not heard the uh, shopping cart rant I went on, and I had not heard his voicemail when I went on it. It's crazy when things line up like that. It's uh, it's out there in the universe, people. You got to put your shopping cart away, and you got to get your fucking dumbass. Uh, extra data off the blockchain. You just got to do it. Otherwise, you are an asshole. And you don't want to be an asshole, right? Mm. Like, I don't make... I don't want to be one. I don't make the rules that you are an asshole. I just make the observation that you are an asshole. Yeah. It's plain to see by observing your behavior. When Spencer tells me I'm being an asshole, I course correct. I don't want to be an asshole, but I have been an asshole. No, real assholes would double down. Uh, Which also, you know, can be the case. Yeah, I guess perhaps in a past life I may have been guilty of that a few times. <laughs> uh, I wonder what this next caller is guilty of. Face to the screen, bowlers. Hey! Uh, I'm not sure if I should even share this experience with you. Uh-oh. But uh, My I'm favorite. going to anyway. I know it's a, it's a quarter past 12 midnight here Eastern time, and uh, I know the show's already probably getting long in the tooth here. But, uh, man, you know, I'm about 40 years old, and uh, I never really thought that it would be pleasant to fucking bang two women at the same time, you know, oh, let yeah. alone sisters. But, uh you know, sounds pretty badass to me. I was doing this job today, and there was these couple ladies that uh, their mother had died a couple months ago, and they booked a vacation down here in where I live in uh in the the southern peninsula of in uh, America. Okay, and uh, like so these ladies, like one of them was sixty five, and one was like fifty eight. You know, I don't want to give their ages, but like they were still pretty well put together, pretty good looking ladies, yeah. and uh. Man, I'll tell you what, I fucked the shit out of both of them. Hey! It was great. I never really thought it would be awesome <laughs> to uh, have sex with more than one person at a time. But it was awesome. Like, they enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was great. Hey, there you know, like, like I said, maybe I shouldn't be uh, sharing this experience with everybody in the world. The whole thing, God, right. that... Uh, you know, you guys have a limited audience, I guess. That's but, right. Yeah, nobody no, nobody seriously. listens to this show. It's all right. Especially this far in. They were hot to try. I was down. They were down. It worked out for everybody, you know? So, uh, beautiful. Let's all just throw cross into the wind and just go for it. Next time you have an impulse, just do it and, uh, let chips fall where they may, you know? 
In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Strong moves, caller. <laughs> Face to the screen. He's facing two screens there. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. Well, that's a hell of a Valentine's Day. I was obviously kidding that nobody listens to the show, but. I'm it's just, not the whole world. It's I'm, just the bowl. I'm just trying to give our boy some cover, man. That's all. Just just pretend you're not here for a second. I wish this baby would pretend he's not here for a second. Uh, it would be longer <laughs> than a second. would be pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Sam. Man. The loudest of the wolf cubs so far. Yeah, you know. Uh, some say the more the scarier. Some say the more the merrier. Uh, Throw impulses to the wind. Yeah, you know. It can be fun. It can be a good time. Surprisingly good time. Uh, thanks for the call, Bowler. Thanks for the call, Bowler. Proof that uh, you don't have to always just talk about the FTI topic. You know, there's always the voicemail line to blow off some steam. To tell us your uh, new achievements unlocked, perhaps. Uh, well, first time I ever had a threesome was a previous topic. That's true. We have talked about it before. That's, that's true. So it also counts as calling in for old uh, F-ties, because those are always valid. So if you like hear a random show, if you're in the back catalog, and you're like, oh, shit, I, don't, I have the perfect story about that one. Uh, you can always call us and let us know. <laughs> Servo in the chat says, how to have sex, just do it. Sounds like bad advice. <laughs> well, you know. But... Just doob it is always good advice. Yeah, just doob it. Just doob it. Oh my god, let's see. We gotta doob up the F-tie for next week. F-tie. This is the hardest part. F-tie sat in a heated seat. Oh, I can cross jump the car <laughs> off. Sat in a heated seat. Fuck it, go with it. I thought there would be more uh, car jumping rowdy boys in the in the bowlers uh, area. That, yeah, that yeah. was definitely a thing. Where I grew up, jumping a car was just a thing boys did mm. uh not all the boys but all the rowdy boys which there was a big chunk of rowdy boys you know c-dubs throws out the suggestion of first time i ever fermented something first time i ever fermented something you know what i'm into that why hey. debate it why debate it when c-dubs comes in with a solid one you just go with it that's right no resistance or pushback at all yeah c-dubs the f-time master yes <laughs> that's right Ah, oh, and this means there's only one thing left to do. That's true. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Let's go bowling. Valentine's Day. Love's in the air. Got fertility rituals. Uh-huh. Maybe tomorrow. I mean, the halftime show was like a fertility ritual. You got a pregnant lady jumping up and down all over the place, yeah? Yeah, flying in the air. Kind of. I mean, you know, she was standing on a glass stage thingy yeah they lifted her up they got they got her high (laughs) she was so high the way they were shooting that it didn't even look like it looked like she was dancing around on like a virtual model it didn't even look real to me yeah it was a bit weird it was definitely weird but uh but it was a thing you know and i love babies so i was really happy when i saw this story about a polish mom who gave birth to quintuplets she had three girls and two boys uh, delivered via C-section at 28 weeks. Now, the reason why I've brought this story to the bowl is because it appears they were conceived naturally, not via IVF, like most of the other bunch of kids. Right. Her and her husband 
have seven kids already, two of which, or I'm sorry, four of which are twins. Whoa. There's two pairs of twins. So. They're having them by the litter then. Yeah. Yeah, that sperm is uh, magic. It's just shooting her up with lots of babies. At a time. Five. That is getting it done. Getting it done. And she gave the Associated Press a quote where she said, If you have a system, a calm approach, and a positive attitude, then it is possible to have a really cool life with such a large bunch of children. And I don't know about the system part, but yeah, we have a pretty cool life with a bunch of children. It's a system. Um, Four. I mean, I haven't had a litter yet. Just because it's not written down doesn't mean there's not a system, you know? Yeah. We got free range kids. Unschooled. Something like that. Yeah. But I they mean, kn- I just did science experiments with them today out of a kit. You so. know what I mean. I, they're not responding to a bell. They're not required to be at the table at 730. They don't have homework. Yeah. Actually, our uh, middle child just asked me that. Do we, is this called homework? I was like, no, it's homeschool. Yes. Homework would be... As you leave the table of what we talked about today, you got something you got to get done on your own. I'm just not into that. Anyways, I'm also not into hearing about people falling into tanks of chocolate, which happened at the Mars Wrigley factory twice. Now they're being fined by OSHA $14,500. OSHA says that Mars Wrigley did not provide these contractors who were cleaning their chocolate tanks with adequate safety training. And I would say so if they fell in. That's uh I don't know. It kind of sounds like incompetence, too. But uh, whatever. Firefighters were able to rescue both the men by drilling a hole at the bottom of the chocolate tank and pulling them out. And they were only waist high in chocolate. So their lives weren't Terribly in danger or anything. Seems mild. <sighs> but yeah, you know, this is uh, blood chocolate you're eating. It's not like some Wiggly Wonka shit. No, no. My chocolate untouched by human hands! Oh my gosh. I just hope that they didn't use that chocolate. You know, they didn't... Uh, I'm saying they drill a hole, so they probably empty out the chocolate vat. Those dudes were there to clean out the tanks. Uh, they didn't do a good job. So hopefully someone else cleaned So they out. were just in the dirtiest chocolate anyway, if it was cleaning time. Yeah, true. Chocolate byproducts. Uh, I had another dirty story for you. A shitty one, Uh-oh. really. Um, <laughs> there was a critic in Germany who really, really did not enjoy a ballet and had some terrible things to say about it. And she was doing an interview... When the director of the ballet came in screaming and yelling at her and had a bag of dog poop with him, which he then went on to smear on her face during this interview. Honestly, I think this is the treatment that critics deserve. Poop on your face. Dog poop. A bag of it. Uh, The Opera House, of course, came out and apologized about the incident and suspended the ballet director. 
But he is not backing down, not apologizing, and he even laughed about this and said that his actions surprised himself. You know, he's just motivated by rage. It was an out-of-body experience, man. I couldn't help myself. Yeah, he's just uh, overcome. He saw the poo-poo. He smeared the poo-poo right on her face. Oh, God. I am living vicariously through that situation. It must be a huge win. You know, you're just like, ha-ha, take that on television. Poop on your face. But this was uh, this was in Germany, C-Dubs. C-Dubs asked where this was. And also, thank you for your booze, C-Dubs. Coming in with 10101 saying fist bump. Yes, and right before that, Circus Media hit us with a 21423. And he said, uh, of course, that's 21423 Valentine's Day today. Very nice. He said, happy Valentine's Day. Much love, Circus Media. That was out of Podverse. Thank you, Circus Media. C-dubs came in through the podcast index. Very cool. Very legal. And much cooler than this next story, which uh, may be legal, but isn't very cool. The Chinese are training squirrels to sniff out drugs. Yeah. There it is, yeah. They say that they use dogs, too. Uh, but they've trained six Eurasian red squirrels as alternates. Probably because they want the dogs for dinner instead. Oh, whoa. Shots fired. Yeah, well, you know. Easy Don't trust there. China. China is asshole. <laughs> so they say that these squirrels won't be deployed for a while. Which is, wow, surprise, surprise. Drug sniffing squirrels. Uh... Anyways, they, you know, they're like, oh, they have an excellent sense of smell and they can maneuver in small areas and climb heights that are inaccessible to dogs. Yeah, true. China also has a zero tolerance drug policy that started last year. So, you know, anything they can get to sniff out the drugs and ruin people's lives. No fun in China. No drugs in China. No good time in China. What happened to you, squirrels? You used to be cool. All I know is... I wouldn't go to China. <laughs> uh, some children of a British sailor honored their dad's dying wish by throwing his prosthetic leg into the ocean this week. Holy Moses. <laughs> yeah, he was 66 and had been diagnosed with cancer. So they were taking him to his radiotherapy and he joked that it would be cool if his leg could travel the world after he was gone. Um, and, if, you know, like a month back or so, he passed on. And the kids all got together and were like, you know what? Let's fucking do it. Let's throw that leg in the ocean. And they videotaped it. It's like, kids, you see my fake leg here? Could you turn this into ocean pollution when I die? Yeah, Dad, we got you. Oh, whatever. There's wonderful things that can grow on that leg and survive off that leg. Pollution my ass. That leg is going on a wonderful journey. That leg is going to uh, fix the barrier reef. <laughs> Could. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Let's be solutions oriented here. Uh, his leg was amputated in 2017 uh, due to a circulation problem. So he wasn't legless for too long. Not too long of his life. Bibra says to honor his dad after he passed, they poured a can of Miller Genuine Draft over his ashes. Hey. You know, I, I think it's nice when children respect the last wishes of their parents. 
It is. Or do it something gives you, to honor them and reflect on who they were. It gives you hope for the future. Yeah. Yeah. When like, you die. Like that my children will build me a raft and turn it into a funeral pyre and send me out into the ocean <laughs> in the way of my Viking ancestry. Just I don't know how much Viking ancestry I have. I know I'm Swedish, but it sounds like a pretty dope way to go. And leave no trace, you know? It'll all burn up into nothingness, and my ashes will be eaten by the fish. Oh, this is a uh, scary story from Brazil. A man took his mom for an MRI scan, and they walk in, and the nurses made them sign a piece of paper that says we're going to remove all metal from our bodies because, you know, the machine's got this strong magnetic pull. Sure. Signed the paper, said, yeah, I did. Machine starts, and the gun from his waistband, which he did not remove, whoops, got sucked out towards the machine and shot around into his stomach. But that's not even the worst part. The worst part is that it took him two weeks to die. It's just terrible. Whoa. Yeah. I I mean, it gets even worse when you find out that this guy is a, he was a lawyer and a strong gun advocate. So, you know, here's some fodder for the anti-gun movement. Just the anti-dipshit movement. Yeah. Hey, it said all metal objects. Like, if you're going to take a little bitty ring off, you got to pull the gun out, too, dumbass. Yeah, you signed the paper. I mean, you're a lawyer. Like, I love guns as much as the next guy. I take mine everywhere, but uh, not into an MRI. No, not into an MRI. You know why? Why? You can't. You can't. You can't. (laughs) I had read a story a few weeks back about a guy that was just holding an oxygen tank when the MRI scan started, and he got... Fucked up. I bet. Yeah. Sounds like so, a recipe for disaster. Uh, just, you know, let's let's just avoid MRIs, I guess. <laughs> if you can. Yeah, just get rid of all the metal. Yeah. All of it. You will obey. Guns, uh, turns out, are extremely uh, magnetic. And extremely metal. Or uh, the... I can't remember the term, because they're not magnets themselves, but they attract, uh, are attracted to magnets. I don't remember the term for magnets. That. What's that all about? Fuck is a magnet. <laughs> uh, Abel Kirby, magnet. <laughs> I don't uh, have time to explain magnets to the likes of you. <laughs> He's tried. He's tried in a car ride. I need to hear it like three more times, and then it'll sink in. Oh my god! Did you really ask Abel Kirby what no. a magnet was? I didn't ask him what it was. I just brought up magnets and jokingly said, well, what are magnets all about? Or something along those lines. And then he was like, well, let me tell you. Okay. I got told. I got told. Uh, okay, so your friend shows up at the door with cheesecake. What are you going to do? Uh, Which friend? <laughs> right, right. A friend that looks a lot like you. Okay. Uh, speaks the same languages as you. Okay. I don't know. That I thought you were going to say, you eat the cheesecake. Well, you because know. Because that's what I would do. I'm immediately skeptical. Because we're talking about the lanes here. So if my friend showed up with cheesecake, uh, I would say, ooh, thank you, cheesecake, for sure. Yeah, well. But then uh, I'm kind of thinking in the back of my mind, what's the catch? What's the catch, indeed? 
this was a story out of Queens where a Brooklyn woman visited a woman that looked a lot like her and that she had befriended with a cheesecake that happened to be laced with sedatives. You know why? She wanted to steal her identity. Holy shit. Yeah. They both spoke Russian. I don't speak Russian, but both of them did, which just adds a layer of hmm to this. Uh, yeah, she put some uh, finazepam into this cheesecake. What? Showed up, sliced off a piece for her friend, and was like, oh, eat, eat. You know, I brought this for you. Enjoy. It's Enjoy. good. It's good. Eat. Take. Eat. That's right. Just like that. I'm sure. And then her friend was like, wow, you know what? All of a sudden, I'm not really feeling so good and went to lay down. And the last thing she remembered was this woman wandering around the house picking things up. The next day, she was lucky to have another visitor that was a different friend who found her unconscious with a bunch of finazepam pills scattered around and a suicide note that she didn't write. It's just weird they talked the chicks into it. So this uh, this Brooklyn woman tried to suicide this bitch. Holy moly. And she realized her passport was gone, her employment authorization was gone, uh, her gold ring was gone, and a bunch of other valuables, of course. But she got caught, Brooklyn woman. Now she's going to do some time for I the guess. crime. Yeah. Never trust your doppelganger. No. Especially if they're Russian. That's right. Uh... I don't have a doppelganger that I've uh, met yet, but I'm sure she's out there somewhere. Hopefully not listening to this podcast, wanting to steal my husband and children. She's baking a cheesecake right now. <laughs> she just turned off the stream to go bake a cheesecake. She heard me say I would eat it because yeah. I fucking love cheesecake. She's like, right? wow, this bitch is going to be easy. This is easy. Yeah. You know. Hey, yeah, yeah. New Zealand police had the find of a lifetime. When they were out at sea, three and a half tons of cocaine just floating in the Pacific Ocean. What's that all about? Well, I hope they didn't keep it all themselves. Oh, they said that they destroyed it. <coughs> I find that hard to believe. I'd be but... fucking destroying it, that's for sure, hey, bro. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they were on a mission following around some international drug smuggling syndicate. Oh, yeah. Save a line for me. But, yeah, and there was a, I guess it was a drop, you know, like a planned drop. It was just floating in the ocean. <laughs> Man, what the luck. Like, and, you know, they, they knew it was going to be there, so I guess it's not so much luck as planning, but. As we found it, here it is. Here it is. Man, it would just be nice to be out in the ocean and find three and a half tons of cocaine floating there. I tell you what. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. They said uh, it was worth roughly 316 million doll hairs, likely destined for Australia, and could have served the Australians for about a year, the whole economy. Whoa. That was like, that was Australia's cocaine, and New Zealand police have destroyed it. Uh-oh, shots fired. Yeah. <clears throat> Think about it. Analyze it. Valentine's Day, day of gifts from loved ones, from pets, perhaps, you know? Okay. Like this Texas family. They got a dog, and the dog started bringing them bones. And they were like, oh, you know, this is probably a animal bones. 
animal bones that our doggo was finding. So they started bagging them up, which is good because recently, probably within the past week, that dog showed up with a human skull. And so then they were able to alert the authorities, turn over the bag of bones they had been collecting, which were all human remains. Whoa. And now there's an investigation going on. The I just officers, wanted a uh, human skull for my mantle. Yeah. We need a big doggo that's going to go find one. Yeah, what's up? Well, we got a little stash doggo. That's kind of nice. He brings us bags of weed that he finds. <laughs> yeah, that's even better, really. Yes. Yeah. You a can get in a, a, a little less trouble over that. Definitely. So officers came over. They were able to follow the dog to this abandoned structure it was visiting. Kind of close to the family home. And, uh, yeah, I think they found some more bones there. So took them all to the University of North Texas's Center for Human Identification for further examination. It's kind of a to-be-continued story. And my final one for the lanes tonight is that a rare cancer caused a U.S. man to suddenly develop an Irish-sounding accent. What? What is that all about? I don't very well know. <laughs> he what was, are you talking about? He was diagnosed with a rare form of prostate cancer. Uh, guy in his 50s. Okay. Not of Irish descent and has never visited Ireland. Okay, but has he seen Snatch? <laughs> Maybe. You like dags? <laughs> I like dags. But, what are you uh, caravan for me, man? They said that the accent coming on... Well, they've got a term for it. They've got a term for it. Uh, damned if I remember it, though. <laughs> wow. Seemed like something you might have written down. I thought I wrote it down. I know it's fast. It's like foreign accent syndrome, probably. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, yeah, foreign accent syndrome. There it is. There it is. Oh, my God. What the frick? I have my two kids there. I'm speaking funny voice now. <laughs> right? It's weird. It seems, uh, I don't know. How does this happen? Well. What, uh, what part of your butthole controls your accent? A, a great question, because they've only had two other reports of cancers triggering foreign accent syndrome in medical literature. Uh, and the first was linked to prostate cancer also. Um, they said it's most likely because of a rare paraneuroplastic neurological disorder uh, that's caused when cancers outside of the brain trigger an immune response that impacts the nervous system from afar. Okay. You follow? <laughs> I'm not making fun of anyone. I've got cancer deep in my ass. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is... Foreign accent syndrome, most commonly associated with strokes or traumatic brain injuries, and sometimes brain tumors. That all checks out with me. Sure, I can the, uh, see a brain tumor, maybe. The, the prostate cancer is hard for me to follow. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, sad I mean, news. Your prostate can do some wild things, but uh, your accent changing? That seems pretty far-fetched to me. Yeah, agreed. Sadly for this man, despite chemo and radiation, uh, his prostate cancer did continue to rapidly progress, which gradually paralyzed his body and sadly ended his life. But he maintained the accent that whole time. 
Wow. To the very end, huh? To the very end. The Irish accent didn't leave. Incredible. Well, that's where we just made it. To the very end. Wow. Thanks for sticking through it, you guys. And happy Valentine's Day from the Bulls. That's right. The Bulls for lovers. And uh, make yours a spicy one tonight. Hey. We will uh, be spicing it up all throughout the week, but we'll be back speaking to you. If we don't talk over the weekend, uh, we'll always be here. You can find us every Tuesday night right around 9 Central at stream.bullafterbull.com, also on the No Agenda stream. Until then, I will remain Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'll be Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. How stupid have we been? Call 911. Don't go, don't come, don't do anything. So far, tonight, I'm out. Do you know how bad you sound? Listen to you. You'd know that if you'd ever listened to my podcast. Uh, okay, another heritage. That was the last copy I slapped. Oh, shit, yes. Oh, shit, yes. So good. Or as we used to call it in Brooklyn, a whore. Recalcitrant boomer. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. Big story. What? 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 I'm a supporter of human beings. Dance and move your legs around. Bowl after bowl, doctor.